Hey guys, Charlie here. It's episode 175 of the Cherry Podcast. This week we look at a record for a wristband with Michael Jordan's flu game wristband selling for 28k. T-Laws going from a PSA 5 to a BGS 10. And we look at the NFL Players Association breaking their agreement with Panini. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode. Bye. You know, it was a quiet week this week in cards. Nothing happened. No comment. Yeah. I mean, I sent through some topics for us. We've got, we've got some big um, things obviously happened. Mm. Um, the first, let's do with, let's do with a couple of, um, a couple of, a couple of little ones before we get to obviously the big um, Panini and NFL Players Association um, disagreement, cancellation, whatever you want to call it. There was a um, there was a an auction of a um, of something I've never seen auctioned off before a wristband. This is the Michael Jordan famous flu game wristband, which went for twenty eight thousand dollars, which is a record for a wristband. If you're a wristband collector, I don't know if, the, if many people are. Probably it's just gone to a Jordan collector, I imagine. Um, but is there any chance it still has flu virus particles in it? Listen, um, there's, uh, if, I remember working in the basement of the old cherry store and mm. uh, things living in that space that would have lasted probably even longer than the uh, flu game. So I think there's a, there's a yeah. real possibility. Um, most of them were actually Blake's belongings. Uh, and the, the lab leak theory for COVID is not as strong as the King Street uh, leak theory. But, uh, yeah. But on a, I actually think it's a, what a cool thing to have. Like, so many, so many things that you have that you buy, uh, yeah. no one cares about. But if you had that, like, in the house, people would just go, they'd flip out. Yeah, I'm, I wonder, like, the ultimate would be to assemble, like, a, an article, every article, maybe not from that game, but from that year of Jordan's sort of fit out. You've got a jersey, you've got shorts, you've got, maybe you've got shoes, socks, and wristband. That would be cool to have. Yeah, that'd be, that would be cool. Mm. Now another quick one before we get to before we get to the big boy, the, the I've noticed a second one this morning actually posted by Backyard Breaks. We've had two large Trevor Lawrence cards go from low PSA and they've been cracked out. Whether they've been, I think one of them was a PSA four. Mm. Um, it might have been an RPA. And a uh, Color Blast, I think the other one, a PSA 5, mm. cracked and submitted to, uh, to BGS and they've come back with a, with a 10 or a 9.5. What's yeah. happening here? Is, this, is something getting missed at, um, at graders? Did something get cleaned before it did get sort of cracked and then we noticed a big old thumbprint or something, and then before we sent it off to Beckett, what has happened here? 
Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, it has to. There has to be more to the, the story. Uh, mm. I, I'm always a story like that is just easy, easy money for the clicks. So, yeah. um, and and it is very very hard to to investigate for the hobby investigators. So, uh, I would take it with a grain of salt. It, anyone who's submitted cards ad nauseum, and certainly we have to both mm. those. Um, if you've got a card and it's a five, you're not getting a ten anywhere. You're not getting a, a seven anywhere. And it, and it, and both those companies do a tremendous job of finding every single flaw in any single card that I send in. So um, they're undefeated. Uh, so I think mm. that there's something on here that we don't that we're not privy to whether or not it is just just you know content. Um, yeah. Uh, the there's the, obviously the stuff that's going on with the cleaning at the moment, um, mm. but go into that. Why is why is why does cleaning have a bad wrapping in um, in sort of sports cards? But for other in other collectibles, maybe in Pokemon or in certainly in like comic collecting. Like, um, even repairs or it fixes of your item before you go and get it graded is quite common. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure why. I think is it? Is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it has to be something to do with. Um, I don't know who should be upset. By it, like I don't. Yeah, I don't, like who's a person who is upset at someone else's game? Mm. Like I don't. Like again, it's trim. Yeah. Like if you've trimmed it, well, you've yeah. you've um, created something which is that it was never intended to be. Um, yeah, but if you've taken something that has a crease in it and you put a book on it. And the crease is gone. Well, it was never intended yeah. to happen. Like, yeah, that's right. Or yeah, like, or uh, or or it's come out like some of those. Like sometimes Donruss Optic will have like a a bow when it when it's come out. Any of those, and then yeah, that, that's true. Um, and yeah, I know, I know the comics guys will they will literally iron comics yeah. and. And get creases out. I've been told that if there's a thumbprint on it, they'll wipe the thumbprint off. But every single time we see a five to a ten, these sorts of stories, I'm embellishing that slightly. Uh, the first thing I think it'll, it'll perhaps have a big thumbprint on it. Um, the, I think there's some variance. Obviously, variance between uh, you know. Raiders days of the week, um, the amount of times they've seen that yeah. card. It's it, it was inevitable that when Graders were seeing five hundred thousand Zion Prism rookies, base rookies, that, that they started to get very pedantic with yeah. like 
because you're looking for variance. So, um, where if you're seeing one of the card a week, then I think you in, in inevitably be more lenient on it. Um, mm -hmm. I also there's there was an instance at the national where uh, Probstein looked to get thirty Michael Jordan rookies crossed over from PSA tens to BGS tens, and mm -hmm. that didn't happen. None of them were good enough to be BGS tens, and that oh, was a huge... you can get one of them as a ten. No, that's a huge story. Like that's a, and to me that's a legitimate story. The card is in the holder. We saw them go in the holders to Beckett, and mm -hmm. they were legitimately assessed. They weren't good enough. Yeah. That's a massive story, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it hurts PSA's brand because it's still a PSA 10, and, and, mm. and the, the, the way to get a is different. It's a different choose-your-own-adventure. It's a different path. Mm. But it's somewhat inevitable that post that, that the content's been the other way. It's been, well, look at how easy BGS must be grading their cards because this is a PSA 6 and now it's a BGS 10. Um, mm. So, I, like, where's the content coming from? Um, is it a blow-up? Has someone switched out a different colour blast? I don't, I don't know. Uh, and the, the, other, the other example was a National Treasures... A National Treasures patch auto, which I would say that probably the variance of, of any card um, would be at its greatest with a, a card like that, a National Treasures card, because you've got so many edges, so many corners, yeah. so many uh, variables with the patch window, um, etc. I think that that's uh, that. I, the cards like that would move between sevens and nines. I think quite fluidly on both companies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's. Um, Beck has always felt more like they're the, the the. I see patch cards in Beckett holders more often, or maybe that's just in Australia. Perhaps uh, there was a time. There's certainly cards that I don't think. Uh, I think PSA sent them back in massive, massive slabs when they're patches, which has always been off-putting. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It leads us into the fact that when in 20 years' time, this this job is not being done by humans. Like, no, it's great. The grading process is not being done by humans. So just pencil that one in. Um, mm. they're already like the, the computers are already going to be doing Joey's job from friends. So they're definitely going to be grading your card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have thought so. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe what happens at the end, maybe someone runs their eye over them at the end before they box them up and send them out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And then they, and they call it, you know, um, human assessed or something right? mm. but 
it's a and it will be more consistent and it will be harsher and it will be yeah. faster and it will be cheaper. Um, there'll be a whole bunch of good things about it. And then and we'll, we'll find something else to complain about and we'll see <laughs> that'll make us happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, complaining on the internet is undefeated. Um, okay, so the last topic, the big one, uh, that we haven't really... We haven't. I, I haven't really gotten into it on any on any of our social media channels. I've just been sort of reading, observing. Obviously, we found out uh, via an agent. I think one of the the, the NFL uh, football agents that the NFL Players Association was voiding their contract with Panini, saying that we are. We're, we're, we're not going to have – you're not going to be able to have athletes on the cards anymore. We're mm. going to avoid that contract and, um, and we're going to move over to Fanatics and Tops immediately. Um, that was obviously a massive sort of out-of-the-blue thing. They've been – Panini and, and Fanatics slash Tops have been in battles pretty much all year. It's been going back and forth. But what was your initial thoughts when that news came through to you on uh, sort of happened Monday Monday night or Tuesday morning? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I just got off a plane and I saw the messages. Um, I immediately booked Blake into a cheaper hotel um, <laughs> and uh, told him he was probably to walk back from Sydney to Melbourne. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just scary. It's not. It's not a. That, mm. Like I remember it when with like strike fire strikes, that that greatly affected product. Um, mm. I feel as though this will affect product uh, at some point. Um, mm. Exactly how. I'm. This was going this way when it, when it. When it started to get nasty, it was almost destined to to uh, have more nasty. Um, contracts, uh, like no one's seen any contracts uh, as yet. I think whatever, the, however well the contracts are written, they're about to get a lot more robust. Yeah, um, and I, yeah. I think that. With the amount of money on the table uh, with the Fanatics deal, that uh, it stands to reason that the NFL PA is going to side with them. Um, they want that, I'm assuming, as quickly as possible. Is it? It'd be like getting a job, getting a job offer that's two years away, and you're going to get a big payday. Uh, you're like, well, do we have to wait? Do we have to wait two years for it? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the the, as someone who, who who is a reseller, the it is very clear to me that Panini have done a tr- tremendous job of supporting the NFL license globally. Um, mm. The arguments or the discussions that Panini have with resellers and distributors and with mass markets um, are robust. I mean, they want those licenses to be the 
highlight the the, the um, to be showcased in those markets, and they don't they don't. Uh, we spoke about it the other week. They they don't uh, um, care for you. Don't care for that license. That's like at the end of the day, um, you can't line your pockets. They want you to be promoting the the NFL, the NBA, whatever brand it is, globally. And, and so I think that uh, it would be very difficult to to make a case that they haven't done a tremendous job of that. And I I feel as though if you asked the majority of the people at the NFLPA, you know. How do you think Panini's represented you uh, the, the last of this period of time? They're probably very positive. And then there's one person in the legal team who's having to manage this who's like, well, no, they've done a shit job. Um, so I, I think that it's above most people's pay grade. It's going to yep. be uh, lawyers are going to make money out of it. And, yep. um, and I would anticipate that, that it'll be the the status quo for some time certainly uh it would be it would get very messy if panini had to be in product that was already on the production line or product mm. production process or the assets acquired for it so i imagine that regardless we're going to see most of the lines throughout the rest of this year hit stores mm. and then what happens uh after that will, I guess, depend on who has the best legal team. Um, but it's for sure that uh, the Fanatics uh, contract with them is going to be, it's going to get about 15 pages added to it, I would have thought, posted. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so as well. The um, Just... As an aside, the person to follow on this is on Twitter. His name is Paul Lesko. I think he's on other socials as well. Um, I think I saw him maybe on um, Ken Golden's stream on this topic the other day. But the person you want to follow, he's on Twitter. He's Paul Lesko, L-E-S-K-O. He's already a, a contract lawyer and he tweets about hobby litigation all the time. So... He's got the best takes on this. He has mentioned, I think he mentioned yesterday that um, after Panini put out a, a quick release is that they're moving into, um, what's it called? Not arbitration, but like uh, mediation. So there was a, as part of their contract, there's, you know, when shit goes sideways, there's a mediation. Yeah part and so Panini is saying all right well we need we want to go to mediation so I believe that's where it is at the moment um and then that'll be you know I guess that's where you know all those lawyers are going to be getting into um get deep 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 into the contract and um we'll see what happens out of that but it's certainly it's not going to be decided um in hobby shops it's not going to be decided on Instagram or even probably at Panini headquarters is going to be in a mediation room somewhere um, between lawyers. Yeah, and it's it's going to be oppressive. So mm. whatever, like if it goes Panini's way, I anticipate you won't hear 
anything from the NFB, NBA Players Association. And if it goes fanatics way, then I imagine that they'll be on the phone straight away. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I've never been a fan of Players Associations um, personally throughout my life because I've always felt that they've uh, they've got a huge amount of power um, uh, because they're they're the they're the bearers of the the, the kids the, the the people coming through love them um, yeah. and when they swing you know everyone seems to listen so it's going to be interesting to see which way it goes they've got they're, they're in the box seat and they're the ones that stand to to make the most from it um, yeah. at the end of the day though does the players make the most from it do the best thing by the brand uh, globally um, and that's yet to be seen. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, and we end up with nobody makes cards, football cards, for a year, eighteen months. That is, that is, not making anyone any money. Um, nobody's able to get any cards into their collections, and probably everyone's pissed off at the players' association. <laughs> from yeah. customers all the way up to the head of every company. And it and it is there's a certain scalability. Like it might work right now. They might be able to get paid X amount right now, which is reasonable to them. But if you look at the amount as a paid now versus let's say nineteen ninety four when trading cards started to take off, the amount that payers were played as salaries then versus now. So the amount of money that they're getting in this Fanatics deal is obviously significantly increased and it's it's clearly incentivizing the Players Association to want that deal to come to fruition, um, mm. which it would, as I, as I mentioned. Like, if it was my job, I'd want, it, I'd want that money earlier too. Mm. Um, but when, in 20 years' time, when the players' salaries are once again unthinkable, compared to where we are now, which you anticipate they will, given what we're seeing. Like, what happens when Saudi Arabia starts offering LeBron money, uh, as we're seeing with Ronaldo and, and with um, uh, mm. Ben? Mbappe has been offered a billion dollars, I think, for one year. Maybe that was... Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't fact-checked it. I heard um, that, yeah. So when they get offered that, and then the Players Association wants a share of the jersey amounts and, and the trading card amounts. Mm. Um, like, how expensive are trading cards and jerseys actually going to be for it to even? Otherwise, the players would just be like, I, you know what? I don't really feel like signing anything this decade. Like, <laughs> so I'm being honest. Mm. Go, I can't. I don't. I don't need any more boats. Um, yeah, yeah. There's only so many boats and houses and, and cars. Yeah. yeah. So like it. Yeah. I feel like at some point in time, the, the, the indexing of players against the trading cards or jerseys, and I, I just don't think it, like at some point in time, it, it has to be a cap. Um, and maybe we'll find out what that is. Um, I don't know. Let's. 
Yeah, well, we're going to find out. We'll uh, we'll we'll keep a close eye, obviously, on what eventuates between um, between the, the the two or the three parties, I suppose. Um, and hopefully, um, we will still have a good amount of football cards coming out because uh, that would be a real shame if um, if that was affected. And as I mentioned, Paul Lesko on Twitter. If you really want to know the best sort of point of view. It, just follow him on Twitter because he's he tweets about it. He's been tweeting about it all week, but he tweets on all sort of um, litigation that happens in the hobby, like other interesting trademarking ones, old card designs that people are like unearthing and then using and that sort of stuff. So it's really interesting. Old like card designs from the eighties that from are from defunct companies that people decide, oh, I'm going to try and rebadge that and reuse it elsewhere, and then they end up getting sued. So it's really good. He's a really good follow, definitely. I think, it's, uh, I think are Upadex still in court with uh, Ravensburger over Disney Lorcana? I know they, they were. Um, I that would be, they still are, yeah. That would be a really interesting one to follow from someone who understands it. Um, mm. But uh, I think at the end of the day, too, and you make the point there, Charlie, that people want – there's, there's very few people uh, in this that don't want to see Topps Chrome NFL. Um, yeah. Because that was just a stunning product. Um, mm. But at the same time, everyone would still love to see Panini Prism NFL. And mm. uh, at the moment, it looks like we're not going to be able to have that. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, so I think that at the end of the day, that the we're not going to get everything we want um and yeah it's just it's sad that's the saddest part about it at the end of the day anyway yeah i could open this shop and try and sell some uh sell some cards oh yeah you do do too okay no worries thanks for jumping on mate thanks for um getting on to talk about that last issue in particular and um we'll see you on the next episode good one bye